0: Love Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You'll you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church With Pastor Lorenzo Neal I am your humble host Pastor Lorenzo Neal Health from Cajun Land At uh, least I'll share stuff later on uh, But for now I'm in Cajun Land USA And we are here as always Every week, every Monday Here to present you with seeds of wisdom, knowledge Empowerment and liberation Our goal Every week Is uh, that we are blessed to be on uh, on air here on Block Talk Radio. Our goal every week is to empower you, the listener, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. Uh, you know, we want to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And as always, you are welcome to join us on this Illuminating Journey. Illuminating Journey, you can call us. Call us. Uh the line is open nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. Uh we're trying to get the chat room open. We always have the chat room open and you log on to blogtalkradio.com dot com and uh join us in the chat room. And uh you can get in get in where you fit in in the chat room. Also uh follow uh uh on Twitter at Prophesy, Excuse me. I need to take a drink because my voice is. I've, I've had a long weekend. <laughs> uh, Twitter at prophesize. Send us an email. Ltneal at cox dot net. Uh, Pastor Neal at gmail dot com. Um, MySpace, Facebook, we're on there. We're everywhere. Uh, even now we have a blog. Uh, you can follow some of the things we'll be posting on our blog. Uh, LorenzoTNeal dot wordpress dot com. So hey, we're we're yeah, you know, we're expanding our territory enlarging our territory as god sees fit but again hey we're glad welcome 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 it's another exciting monday the last monday of march and if you like me you feel that this this year is going by so fast i i mean i it's the end of march going into april uh you know in my mind i'm already seeing summer break (laughs) yeah it's moving quick really quick and but I'm just glad that, uh, like the old folks say, I'm just glad to be in the land of the living one more time. And I, I'm telling you, I'm coming back off of a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We uh, This weekend, I, a couple of dynamic events happened. Uh, first, uh, Bishop Car- Carolyn Tyler Guidry, is, who is the presiding pre- pre- prelate of the 8th Episcopal District of the AME Church, where I pastor, we held our... Um, mid-year holy convocation and man it was phenomenal the theme is about innovation and uh of course every pastor every church everybody needs to have needs to be innovative you know can't be doing the same thing over and over but i tell you it was a wonderful time wonderful time we were blessed by our senior bishop uh bishop john r bryant uh who's the father of jamal bryant those of you may know jamal from empowerment temple amy church in uh, baltimore maryland uh, uh, we were blessed, man. We had a dynamic time, and uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I thought that would be good for Friday and Saturday. But also, my high school had an all star reunion thing going on. You know, it was just all star weekend, and I got to go home for a little, for a couple of hours and hang around with schoolmates and classmates that I hadn't seen in some time. So, hey, class, if y'all listening, I, I'm just glad that I got a chance to see you just for the little bit time that I was there. And, uh, boy, I had fun. Uh, I put a few pictures up on Facebook, so uh, on my personal Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. So, you know, hey, uh, I'm always posting, but I I mean, I tell you. (laughs) The funny thing is, now this is funny. When I was in junior high school, I actually played on the football team. Seventh and eighth grade, uh, yeah. But it, here's the thing: I was the scrawniest, shortest, smallest little thing on the team. They didn't even have a a helmet that could fit me. They had to they had to get a little a little pee wee football helmet, and uh, it was white. The, you know, our colors were blue and gold. And everybody knew who I was on the team because it was you know that peewee, wee that little that's the little scrawny boy with the white helmet. <laughs> I stood out, but I got a chance to play on the team. So this weekend I got to reconnect and reunite with some of those team members. <laughs> we went, uh, we went five and two that year. We lost to one game to uh, uh, Lee Junior High. I think it was Nerville Lee Junior High. We lost, and when I say we lost, we lost bad. It was like a blowout, fifty-six something to zero. <laughs> but you know, I, I I made the team. Matter of fact, I, there's a picture of me in my uniform, and you can figure it out because I'm the smallest thing on it. But I had a blast. I had a, I had a great blast when I went home for the All-Star Weekend, and I want to send shouts out to all the alumni of Carroll High School in Monroe, Louisiana. Guys, keep it going. Uh, and, and while I'm saying that, uh, I want to extend congratulations to the boys' basketball team. Um, they won the state championship. For, uh, their division <laughs> So I mean But we just partied and I was glad to be there I, It ain't got nothing to do with my show But I just, I just wanted to uh, Share that I had a great time And I got surprised I, I, When I got back to my church I got surprised, preached my heart out And made it home And and the bishop reassigned me To a church So uh, I'll be relocating to uh, A new pastoral charge In Jackson, Mississippi Looking forward to going and do the work of the Lord there. So, Amen. God is good. Look, we have a great show lined up for you. Um, uh, great show lined up now. Uh, in my first hour, I had um had a guest lined up. Uh, Miss La- Lanisha Williams. She was uh, a life coach, and um, uh, she specializes in uh, spiritual development and things of like that nature. Um. Uh she was supposed to be our guest in the first hour, and uh she was she had an engagement out of the country and she was supposed to be back and um, you know we were texting emailing and she was uh she's doing so well uh so well in her engagement they extended the engagement, so she was not able to be on with us today, but we are rescheduling and uh hopefully we'll have her back on uh uh, we have on the show soon, uh, so I mean it's a great job when people want you to stay somewhere. <laughs> when people want you to do what you do, it's it's a great thing. So, uh, so we you know we kinda got we got we got other stuff to talk yet talk about and and in place it's always good to have a backup plan and we do have a backup plan for that. But in the second hour, now this is a, I'm excited about the second hour because in the second hour we will be joined by author, entrepreneur, and professor Shannon Nelson, and Shannon is the author of the book. Get over your b s <laughs> and and so uh, in the second hour, she'll be on with us, and we'll be talking getting over your b s so you really want to uh uh you really want to stay tuned for that exciting segment of the show so as always, we don't want to go far I've already talked too much, but uh before we go any further, we're going to do what we always do, go to the Lord in prayer. And uh ask his blessings and insight and moving uh, along the way as we uh, go through the show. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. We magnify you. We realize that every good and every perfect gift comes from you. And even as now you give us the very breath and the breathe, please you're often and finish up our faith and you're allowing us to do this show. We pray God that you will make it prosperous. Not our will, your will be done. Let everything we say, every word we say, be seasoned with salt and with grace and glorify you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Yeah, all right, so uh in about thirty min about twenty minutes, uh President Barack Obama will be addressing the nation regarding the libya re- regarding the situation in libya and you're probably wondering well uh, why is he addressing why is it important uh why should we even care well uh you know I, i've been talking about this libya east uh this whole middle east thing uh for months now um uh, you know for weeks and uh in some ways it's escalating and when i say by when i mean escalating um you know they uh i was watching the news this morning and they're talking about how the rebels are claiming all kinds of territory and uh pushing back uh Gaddafi's troops and all these kind of things and uh also in Syria uh they had a state of emergency uh, because again you know they had people re- kind of revolting and they they were putting it down and excuse me and um the whole issue with president obama's uh, the fact that he lingered in making a decision uh, regarding Egypt, regarding uh, Bahrain, Bahrain, Libya, Syria, and uh, uh, um, Tunisia. Of course, uh, I, I don't think we really uh, – Tunisia settled itself. But he kind of uh, – you know, everybody was waiting for him to say what he was going to do or uh, uh, where – Uh, The nation would stand in regards to the situation and he kind of you know kind of waited some called it cautious Others called it cowardly Um, And and, and, you know from from an administrative perspective, I I can understand the delay Uh, I don't think I would have delayed as long as he did um, But you know, I can understand the delay we are in you know, we're in a war against terror. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Uh and we're in a war against drugs <laughs> and that is surely laughable. Uh but you know, from the administrative perspective, uh you don't want to rush into a decision. We we all know what happened in two thousand three when um, President George W. Bush led the country into Iraq. And, um, you know, under the the guise of Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction and uh, went to the U.N. to get allies and uh, they had, you know, the U.N. already had sanctions against them anyway. So, you know, we were trying to get backup. You know, we were trying to get them to go in with us. We didn't want to do it unilaterally. Uh, And unfortunately, we didn't get the full support. Of the, uh, the world government, the UN, all that, whatever, so we went in unilater- unilaterally, and we all know what happened, as a result of that, there were no weapons of mass dest- destruction found, Um, we went in, and supposedly accomplished the mission, you know, he flew over in the, the Air Force fighter jet, and landed on the carrier, and you know, with the big banner, mission accomplished. And years later, we were still losing American lives, both civilians, you know, and soldiers. And and, and I can understand he did not want to repeat a situation like that. Um, so, yes, I can understand him being cautious. Was it cowardly? Now, there are a lot of um, pundits, political pundits, who were saying it was cowardly. It, the delay was cowardly because of the fact that he tarried too long, uh, you know, he, he didn't express, uh, 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 he didn't e- e- exude that sense of authority, you know, that's the difference between George W. Bush and Barack Obama, uh, Bush kind of, you know, he, he was like a cowboy, you know, you know, we're going to do it, we're going to do it big, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, and Obama doesn't like that. Obama is, you know, he's a real cool. – I I, I'm going to tell you. I, I, I don't agree with Obama on a lot of things, but I got to tell you, the man is one of the coolest brothers I know. <laughs> I mean, I got to get uh, – slip back, Jack, he's the coolest, you know. The way he uh, has uh, – at, at least publicly, you know, I, I don't know how he handles it. You know, the rumors are he still smokes, <laughs> <laughs> probably take a hit of a little weed every every now and then. <laughs> Y'all don't be saying President Pastor Neil said uh President Obama smoked weed. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not saying that. I'm just joking, please. Please, I am jesting. And um don't 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 take that seriously. But um uh, uh he he has displayed. He's one of the few presidents uh aside from Reagan, um aside from um Who else I can think of in the most recent uh, presidential history? Oh, Clinton. Well, yeah, Clinton. Of course, Clinton. Clinton was, you know, Mag Daddy of them all. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, you know, he has he has handled well uh, the pressures that are coming, and he's you know he's real cool. He's real cool about it. But uh for those who are calling him cowardly, I can understand why they're calling him cowardly. Um uh, anytime a regime a regime uh a regime, an oppressive regime uh begins to turn their weapons on their own people, um we should uh they should be uh taken care of. Uh, and 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 the, and the the nation the world the nations of the world the governments of the world realize that even the um arab league realizes that you know you don't turn your weapons on your your your, your own people saddam did that uh, uh on the kurds in the early 90s and it's part of the reason why we went in uh in you know under the first bush um and there are a lot of people that you know there are, stalin did it lenin did it uh they turn their weapons on their own people and you know, and, you know it, it's uh, it's genocide uh, they oh they're doing it in africa all over uh not just in libya but in in uh in the sudan you know rwanda uh in the congo right now and, and while i'm talking about this guys pray for these people pray for these countries you know especially these are experiencing this type of civil revolt um is what's what's happening on Africa is significant, especially to those of us who are African Americans. It's significant because – it's significant for two things, for two reasons. And I said this before in 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 the broadcast. Uh, It's significant because there are people of color, and those people of color are being oppressed by their own leaders. We know what it's like to be oppressed as people of color, you know. Uh, I mean – just you know within the past half decade a half century, you know we we're just coming out of that type of oppression, and when you have your own leaders oppressing you, it's not like you know apartheid in south Africa, Africa was you know it's it's different you had other people, yeah, they are in your country, but they're really not your color, but when you have people of your own color, you know coming after you, attacking you and killing you and Placing you in jail, oppressing you Not letting you have free speech and all that stuff Yeah, it needs to be addressed And so, you know, while Libya right now Is getting the forefront of the media Regarding this It's happening all across Africa Uh, There are places uh, In other places of Africa There are places where the same thing is going on Uh, uh, And oppression needs to be addressed No matter where it is And we need to call for Liberation All over Anyway, I digress. Back to uh, <laughs> y'all. I'm just ranting. Back to uh, back to President Obama. Uh, uh, you know, it would have been nice for him to uh, have stated firmly, consistently, uh, where the American. Uh, military might and all that what we would be doing. And and he's catching hell on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, because the members of Congress are saying that uh while we you know while we have the air airstrikes, airstrikes, we took the lead in the airstrikes, uh they're saying uh he's wrong. Obama is wrong because he should have at least come to Congress, uh, you know, asked Congress before authorizing any type of use of force, and you know, I'm kind of iffy on that because you, know, when when Bush did it, you know, there were those who were just outright, outright hating, hating, you know, and though there there are some who hated, then who still hate now, they they didn't want to commit any type of of America's military resources, and that's understandable. We're already stretched you know, we're already stretched and that's understandable. But at the same time they 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 all share the similar um opinion that uh he should have come to the Congress first. So he's probably gonna address that in the next ten minutes or so, give or take, uh ten or eleven minutes. He's probably gonna address why he chose to uh authorize that without Congress permission and this is, that should be interesting to hear. So don't don't tune off our show. Don't tune off my show. They listen to that though. You can turn on the T V and hear it. <laughs> yes. Amen. Um uh, uh one story I wanna share. Uh two stories. Two stories I wanna share. Um uh, matter of fact I'm going to take this break because I did go over my time with a break. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk Geraldine Ferraro, uh, her past, and another story of uh, an honest student out of Florida who gets this break. Just to be back.
1: When mucus settles into a child's chest, the congestion isn't much fun. This
2: is going to be so cool. Junior, huh? this is, is great. <laughs> like father, like
1: son. New Mucinex Mini Melts. The quick-melting, great-tasting way to break up mucus that causes kids' congestion.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <coughs> I was just getting started.
3: Feeling better?
1: Uh-huh. New Mucinex Mini Melts. Need a
3: painter? Mucinex in. you. Mu-
1: Hi. I'm looking to save in insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibbity-flab or mumbo-jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dag-nubbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote, and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is okey McSmokey smoky skiddle Grange! I think. Diggity. Oh. Still not sure. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. Do you have ideas that you'd like to see in printed book form? Do you have a book idea that you'd help putting it together? Are you an aspiring author looking to publish your own works? The ZERO publishing company is what you have been looking for. Since 2004, ZERO has been helping aspiring authors bring their ideas to life. We are a self-publishing and author consulting company dedicated to sowing and growing your
0: ideas into print. Our rates are reasonable and our service is excellent. For more information, visit www.zerapublishing.webs.com. Sewing and growing your ideas in the print, we are Zero Publishing Company, a limited liability
3: company. I don't want to go blind from diabetes.
1: I don't want to lose a foot or a leg.
3: I don't want to have kidney failure,
1: so I'm taking control.
3: I'm controlling my diabetes.
1: It's making a huge difference.
3: I'm eating healthy and staying physically
1: active. I'm taking my medicine.
3: If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383.
0: Alright, welcome back to Zero Today. Uh, your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Glad that you joined us again. Uh talking a lot today. we talked a little bit about Obama. Call in. Wanna hear from you. Nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. That's the number to call to get on uh to share your opinions, your thoughts, insight, whatever it may be. Hit us up in the chat room here. Uh BlocktalkRadio dot com. Uh email
1: I to School uh, you want to give. Uh,
0: and like I said earlier,
1: Prince of the Bucks the
0: uh, best. And about the So, best nation of
2: Alameda.
0: you yeah, Oh, library. Gotta love live radio. Uh so uh at the uh at the as I was going into the last break I said we'd talk a little bit about Geraldine Ferraro. Um and, and I'm gonna get into that. But before I get into that, I, I was surfing the web and I found a story that <laughs> I couldn't believe. I, I, I really couldn't believe it. Um but I I'm gonna share this with you. Um and let me pull this up real quick. Um, all right, here we go. Um, I found this uh, this this uh, story on MSNBConline.com, on, so you can check it out. Um, and this this story I can only file it on if that were me. If if I had to foul it under something, that's what it would be. All right, out of Fort Myers, Florida. An honor student is accused of using a stolen gun a pistol whip, then threatened her mother in order to get a sports car, according to uh, Lee County Sheriff's Office. (laughs) On Thursday, March 24th, 17-year-old Rachel Hachero, I don't know, called her mother from a car dealership and asked her to co-sign for a loan on a vehicle. And, of course, mother said no. (laughs) Uh, This is where it gets crazy. When a mother said no, the mother, Linda, said no, the daughter, Rachel, threatened to kill her. (laughs) What the? Y'all know, Lord have mercy. So, and that's not all. Listen, it gets right. Around 7 o'clock, Rachel got home. That's the daughter, the honor student. Rachel got home, confronted her mother with a 9-millimeter gun. My God! This girl, first of all, calls her mother from a car dealership, asking for a, a cosign on a loan to get a car. Come on, 17 year old you're high school student. Uh, then she gets home. She threatens, You know, she when the mother says no, she's threatening her. She gets home. She has a gun. She beats her mother with the gun. Hits her mother with the gun. Struck her in the head with the gun and then threatening to shoot her, that is out of, I want to hear what (laughs) y'all, if that was my child, they better be glad, she better be glad she's not my daughter, because she wouldn't be, oh Lord, she'd be in a hospital bed somewhere. Y'all, I'm just saying, I I know y'all, I want to hear from those mothers. I want to hear from your mothers out there. Uh, I want to hear y'all opinion on this because this is crazy. All right? And and here's the the kicker. The mother did not want to press charges on the daughter because the daughter was or is an honor student. Come on now an honest student how about a spoiled brat i y you, you, you got under you can't get around this that there, that's a that's a big problem here a big problem it's a problem with the mama and it's a problem with the 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 daughter it's a problem with the mama because apparently you, you can't you can assume that the mother has allowed the child to get away with far too much far far too much so that, you know, she can drive to a dealership or get to a dealership and pick out a car and say she wanted. it. I, you know, you can also assume they got a little money. But it's just crazy. It, it's just crazy to me. Because my daughter, had it been had it been my daughter, not only would I have said no, but I would have cussed out the sales agent for even listening. <laughs> uh, y'all, I'm is, uh, don't act like y'all wouldn't have either. Y'all probably would have told that salesperson where they could go, because there is no way. I, and I worked in car sales. I worked in, in car sales for a little while. And I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, if you're a good salesperson, y- you can tell all. You know, when a person comes onto the lot, whether they can, you, know, you can pretty much sum up what they can ex- afford or what they want. And sometimes, you know, it's a hit and miss. You can sometimes you get it right sometimes you don't. But in this case this is obvious a teenager she's obviously filled out application. Now the first thing I would have been asking is like where you work? You ain't got a job. So you can go now. You know I wouldn't have even allowed her to call her mother the girl calls her mother and demands that she co sign the World, she's gonna demand that she co-signs the loan for the car. And it, it here, here's the thing: it was a sports car, y'all. Uh, let me find out. I, I let's see it was a uh, uh, she went to Nissan dealership. The oh. oh, I, I, I forgot to left this out. All right, so. Let me let me backtrack for a minute because I missed this part. I got a little too too excited. Missed this part. So the daughter goes to the house, confronts her mother with a nine millimeter gun, strikes her in the head, and then points the gun at her mother's head and told them they were going to the dealership. Demanded her mother cosign for the car. Her mother cosigns for the car. Her mother. Let I me mean, say that again. Her mother co-signed for the car, and the daughter drives off in the car. 2004 black Nissan 350Z, and and that's a nice car. It's a nice little ride. It's, it's really nice. I don't know if she had, uh, you know, a little convertible version of it. Uh, I I don't know. It's a little nice little sports car. But again, this mother. Allows her daughter to not only have a gun, to have a gun in her presence, but to get her butt, to get pistol whipped with the gun is is even more ridiculous. Carlin, I want to hear what you got to say. 917 uh 4293. Come on now. I, I, I want to really hear what y'all have to say about this. Uh, we'll come back to it if you need to, but it, it's just ridiculous to me. I, I can't see how a mother I, – I, I don't have any children, so I can't talk. I got God kids, but come on now. Let's be for real. There is no way in the world that I will even tolerate my child talking to me any kind of way. I don't let my students talk to me any kind of way. I didn't talk to – if I had talked to my grandparents like this girl talked to her mother – uh, I'd probably be in the ground with my mama <laughs> and and my brother. I, I'd probably be in the ground. Uh, well, ain't no problem. I, I would be because they. You know, my grandfather was crazy. He, you know, he. Uh, my grandfather would whoop us every time he remembered what we did. It could be a month later. Boy, I remember you did this. He gonna whoop us for it. Oh, daddy, why are you whooping me? Cause you did that. But uh, well, that's. Yeah. But anyway, so three eight eight uh uh 9173884293 I want to hear from you guys call in let me get your opinion uh now let's let's make this transition on to uh uh Geraldine Ferraro and as, if you haven't heard uh Geraldine Ferraro uh passed away Saturday morning in her home uh, not in her home she passed away Saturday um she was 75 and um those you you know you probably been watching all of this on the news um but you know she passed away she um she was the first female to be nominated as vice president for a major political party Uh in 1984 uh walter Mundell chose her as his running mate uh as they were running against uh george w B- uh, ronald reagan and george Bush won in nineteen eighty four. And before then, you know, she was just an obscure little uh obscure congresswoman out of New York. And that put her on a political uh political forefront because uh what Palin did for McCain in two thousand uh two thousand and eight, Ferraro did for Walter Mundell in nineteen eighty four. And um I was watching I was watching Fox, and uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin, Palin was uh, reflecting on her relationship with uh, Geraldine Ferraro and the uniqueness of their situation, both of them being female, both of them having uh, been nominated, uh, uh, in, in Palin's case, the first female for Republicans, and in uh, Ferraro's case, the first female for the Democrats and um you know she had some nice words to say uh about uh Ferraro and and Ferraro she she did a great job uh serving the country she also served as a UN ambassador uh for uh women's issues uh women and uh health issues to the UN uh, so uh she she did she did serve the country for well now in most recent history she she caused some some fire She called a lot of uh, hell during the 2008 presidential campaign um, because of some comments that she said about Barack Obama. And uh, let me read these comments. Here's what she said. She said that if Obama was a white man, he uh, he would not be in this position. If he were a woman of any color would not be in this position. He happens to be very lucky to be who he is, and the country is caught up in the concept. Now, those were her words in 2008, and now she was a supporter of Hillary Clinton, so that, you know, of course, it, it you know it came across as if it was a racist statement, and the media had a field day with it. I mean, they, they had a field day with it. You can go on YouTube and uh, you're going to find if you type in Uh, Geraldine Ferraro and Obama You're going to find out all kinds of stuff Um, And and I'm going to be honest with you I actually agreed with her on this And and it's kind of funny Me agreeing with the liberal every now and then (laughs) Uh, But I actually Excuse me, I actually agreed with her Because it was a very It was a statement of fact And she said this, she wasn't trying to be racist She was simply presenting a statement of fact Matter of fact uh, In one statement she made Um she said that it is a case of white resentment, uh, and you know, now that kind of does border. Mm, that borders, you know, racial. It does, but, but when it came to this this statement right here about Obama, because Obama was black, uh, it, it was working out better for him. Now, you know, my question, you know. Here's the situation was the situation was you had this uh, America wanted change you know Bush they were tired of Bush everybody want most of the uh, the general population uh, were pretty much glad to see that this was Bush was getting all out of office and they were ready for change and here was their choices their choices were uh, for on the, on the Democrat side their choices were a white female lawyer and politician in the person of Hillary Clinton, or a black male lawyer and politician, which one do you think pr- uh, would produce the most guilt? <laughs> I- I'm serious. Which one do you think would produce the most guilt out of the two? Both of them were lawyers, both of them were senators, both of them were, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're They both shared similar views politically, uh, uh, you know, but which one brought about the most sense of guilt in regards to the desire for change? And, of course, that was Barack Obama. Uh, And, uh, you know, like she said, America ate it up. Uh, A lot of white people felt that. And when they saw this articulate black man talking about, yes, we can and change, you know. Uh, change we could believe in And all of this They you know the guilt trip Kind of got in there And they wanted to see that kind of change Because of wh- how you know blacks have been treated And now we had this black man Who uh, wasn't like Jesse Jackson Wasn't like Al Sharpton And here he is Doing all of this And we get change. So that's the way the cookie crumble. She got what... I mean, she literally got toe-up for that in the media. And you, know, you really can't blame her for it. I, I can't blame her, but that's the way it is. Uh, I, again, I want to hear your comments uh, on on this and comments about uh, Geraldine Ferraro. Uh, and I especially want to hear the comments about the girl. And um, I'm going to play this track. Uh, Jason Williams, Jay... J. Will this little track as I go into the break and we'll come back on the flip side Uh, J. J Will for the glory and we'll be back right after this
2: It's real Cause in the middle of all of the drama No one understands how you feel Some folks call this reason Some folks call it fate. Let them say what they say This was for the glory Ooh. This is for the glory oh, for all yeah. my people in the world Living life on a baby Don't lose the faith, baby For the glory of you, i see through the trouble. Purpose, truth, clear. When it's hot enough to bubble, know I'm coming out of here. I will be. Say, hey, baby, work for the glory. million people screaming about they problems, how they can't pay their bills, feeling down in they body and they rest ain't sound, popping pills in the morning, keep the BP down, how the doctor with the diagnosis gave the family final notice, cause when it's freezing at the coldest, it's for the glory, you gotta know it's for the glory, it's for the glory, you gotta know it's for the glory, this it's for, for, the for the glory, glory. it's is it's for the glory, with all my people in the world, living life on a baby Don't lose the faith, baby This is for the glory Ooh, This is for the glory, this is for the glory oh, yeah. This is for the glory This is for the glory of you This is for the glory of you This is for the glory of you This is for the glory, this is for the glory of you
1: Samuel L. Green, Supervisor Phyllis N. Green, and the 12th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church invite you to join them at Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011, April 6th through the 9th at the Double Tree Hotel in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. This year's theme is Walking in Your Spiritual Authority. Get ready for exciting and excellent preaching, teaching, and singing from some of the premier preachers and workshop presenters and psalmists in the kingdom. Guest preachers include Rev. Dr. Floyd Flake, Bishop Adam J. Richardson, Pastor Jamal H. Bryant, Bishop John R. Bryant, Rev. Jasper Williams Jr., Dr. Jessica K. Ingram, and Dr. Walter T. Richardson. Pastor of music provided by Psalmist Lowell Pye and the 12th Episcopal District Mass Choir. Workshops include Walking in Your Spiritual Authority. Manifesting your spiritual authority to empower your church and community. And preaching with spiritual authority. And for the youth and young adults, the remix, hip-hop, spirituality, and the church. Something for clergy and lay to empower you to walk in your spiritual authority. You don't want to miss Holy Convocation at Pastors Conference 2011. Conference Host Bishop Samuel L. Green and Supervisor Phyllis N. Green look to see your face in the place. Register today by calling 501-375-4310 or visit www12 districtamecom to register online. Again, you don't want to miss Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011.
0: All right, welcome back. Zero of the day, Pastor Lorenzo T. Neal. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And we are sharing knowledge with you. And, um, of course, we covered a lot of things. And I'm going to be one, you know, it's, uh, when you, when you got to, you have a show that's planned and uh, you you got to kind of improvise, it kind of gets a little hard, you know, <laughs> and you try to, uh, yes, I'm I'm trying to find a lot of filler stuff, you know, till we get to the second hour. Uh, so call in. I want to hear from you. Call in, 917-388-4293. Uh, I know you're listening. I just want to hear your opinion, but I don't want to share my opinion because, you know, I I know mine is crazy, you know, on, on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so so this is this how we've been talking about President Obama, and he's addressing the nation, and uh, I've caught a little bit of it. Um, those of you who have had uh you know and you know i you know like I say I, you know uh every time I hear him I, I gotta tell you one thing I love about uh president obama uh, I gotta admit you know the guy is a gifted orator, probably one of the most gifted orators of this time of our time, you know, you gotta love the way uh you know if you could get rid of the if you get get rid of the teleprompter, he'd be even better, but you know that's his. That's his thing, you know. That's that's how he's making it. Oh, that's how he gets around. Hold on for a second. I, I gotta take a sip of water. Yeah, yeah. Bear with me. Ah, refreshing. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, we talked about this girl. Uh, this, this girl. How 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 can uh, how can you let your child just? Beat down, and then you still give her. You know, the child still gets his way. That makes no sense to me. I, I want to hear from you know. I want uh, hear your thoughts on it. Uh, got people in the chat room. You know, uh, again, you know, if you want to share it in the chat room, that's even better. Uh, how 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 is that even possible? You know, uh, I I would just <laughs> the more I think about it, my mind just keep. You know, I, I'm just thinking. You know. Out one, I don't care if she grabbed me, I would have made sure that she was on the floor first. <laughs> Two, there was no way, even if she was, if that, if the child was successful at at getting the gun on my body, any place, uh, she wouldn't have been in the car with me. <laughs> I I can't understand how she got in the car, and you know. That that uh, she she would have I would have let her shoot me, and she still you know her butt would be in jail. That's just me. And we're also talking uh also talking Geraldine Ferraro and um uh, her legacy, her impact on uh the progression of women in politics, and her statements in two thousand eight regarding Obama. I, I want to know if what she said about President Obama is still relevant. I, I wanna know the statement that I read and again for those of you were just joining us, we thank you again for just joining us. Uh but this is a statement that she said in two thousand eight. Uh I think she said it on um talk uh, radio show, Daily Breeze or something like that, uh somewhere. Um uh, the word again this is what she said. Uh if America I mean if Obama were a white man He would not be in that – he wouldn't have been in that position. Um, If he were a woman of any color, he wouldn't have been in that position. And and here's the position she was talking about. You're probably familiar. Let me bring you up there. You remember in 2008, 2007, the big issue was about the delegates. Uh, That was the first time that was brought to the American public the fact that there are – levels of delegates to conventions, these conventions, you know, Republican convention and Democratic convention. Uh, there's the regular delegate and then there's the super delegate. And in, in 2008, uh, as the caucuses were going forward and, you know, people were, uh, these different states were sharing, uh, you know, they were voting in their primaries, their caucuses, Um you know he was winning, and the, the 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 people were saying, well, you know, he's winning because he's bringing a message that people want to hear, and she's saying, no, he's winning because he's black. <laughs> and I want to know is that still relevant today? Uh, uh, you know, of course we know Hillary lost and you know he won, but is that still? Re- is the fact that he is black still relevant today? Is that you know why the media is not? on him as much as they were on President Bush, because, uh, you know, they were all over Bush. I, I mean, they were all over Bush. And the liberal media, you know, uh, the the traditional media outlets, the big media, uh, CBS, ABC, NBC, uh, MSNBC, uh, uh, CNN, uh, these guys are giving President Obama Almost a free ride, you know, and the other ones, the other side, you know, the Fox News, uh, the, um, uh, and uh, a lot of the conservative work, rush, you know, Rush, Glenn Beck, um, Sean Hannity, they are giving him hell. You know, they're criti- they're critiquing it, uh, everything he done. Of course, you know, John Boehner, the current uh, Speaker of the House, you know, even after having a teleconference. Uh, with Obama about his decision You know Boehner was like well yeah I'm, yeah I'm glad he called but again I just don't think he should have done it You know he didn't really have a valid authentic reason As to why but hey th- That's uh, they, You know Republicans are giving him hell Not so much as the uh, as, as the Democrats uh, uh, And the conservative media in, m- in most cases Are giving him hell and the uh, uh, traditional media is, you know, they're, you know, they're not on him as much as they were on President Book, and, and you know, I think there's some bias. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think there's some bias, but that's just me. My opinion really don't matter, you know. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just a little preacher. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, I want to hear uh, again. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, how relevant that is. Why should it matter? Does is it still relevant? Is the fact that he's a black male still uh affecting the president, his presidency, as much as it affected his candidacy. Um as a candidate, uh, you know, he didn't have the full support of the black community or uh, you know, what is called the black community and y'all you know Jesse Jackson <laughs> several occasions was caught slipping. Uh, and all those, you know, leaders were caught slipping, saying that he wasn't black enough. because on the night that he was, uh, that he won the election, uh, we saw the tears from Jesse Jackson. We heard the praise of everyone, uh, including myself, who were uh, who were applauding the the historic moment. Uh, and, and you know that that was a great thing. But uh, again, and, and and the question I I, I personally have, uh, I I you know I I wonder is you know um, I, I know race does not play a factor into this decision you know but um, I wonder how much that has shifted uh, uh, how how the opinions of these people who uh, were were supporters and who voted for him in 2008 and now are rallying behind the tea party and all these other movements i wonder i wonder uh how much of an effect uh, his race now plays into that uh and like i said Jer- Geraldine Ferraro uh, mentioned that in it, it is a case of white resentment right resentment in the sense that um that um he's been he was characterized as the savior as this much needed person um and everybody was eating it up, you know everybody was buying into it because they wanted change, and she was she was saying that uh some people just weren't gonna get on a party and but that's it that's it, but hey again, what do I know uh but what i what I do know is. That in the case with this Libya thing, uh, the case with this Libya thing, I think I'm not a military strategist, I'm not uh, a political pundit, but I can tell you one sure thing Obama has not acted as a leader, he has not displayed the strength of leadership. I'm not saying that he isn't a good leader. Uh, I'm not saying that he's a weak leader. I'm just saying that uh, this was one of those cases where his leadership leadership could uh, propel him forward. You know, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't doubt one bit that in 2012 uh, that there is a great chance that he will be reelected. And I'm gonna tell you why. I believe that there's a great chance that Obama will be reelected in two thousand and twelve is because based on the uh outcome of the pri- uh the midterm elections two thousand nine and two thousand ten, the voter turnout was low it was low and, and and particularly the black community it was low i mean less than twelve percent of the entire black population that was eligible to vote voted in 2008 and 2000 I mean 2009 and 2010 whereas in 2008 for the presidential election 90 a uh, give or take you know 90 between 90 and 95% of African uh, blacks who were eligible to vote voted i, I you know and i'm i'm going to guarantee you the propaganda machines are going to be rolling later this year Uh, As the um, as, you know, the campaigns really begin to get underway and especially in January when the primary season starts, the primary starts, of course, we are going to see a lot of action. And and here's the thing. Uh, The Republicans are really struggling to find an opponent, an opponent uh, to run against Barack Obama. You got Mitt Romney, you have Mike Huckabee, and you have uh, Rudy, G- uh, uh, you have Rulli, Rudy, whatever his name, former mayor of New York. You have <laughs> Luke Gindrich, uh former Speaker of the House, and you have Donald Trump who is testing the water as at least teasing the people into believing he may uh, put up a good contention. Against uh, President Obama, so they don't have the field. They don't. They don't have the candidates just yet, you know. And uh, for those of you who are not aware, there is a black candidate in the Republican on the Republican t- ticket. Uh, Herman Cain. Herman Cain uh, has formed an exploratory committee. He has formally announced that he is seeking uh, the nomination for the Republican Party. And uh, uh, the last person who has uh, even gotten close to to uh really getting national attention with the Republican Party was Alan Keyes, uh Ambassador Alan Keyes and uh FYI Alan Keyes also ran against President uh then uh state Senator Barack Obama for the Illinois Senate seat. He he challenged him in the loss. Uh but Alan Keyes was uh one of the only uh before Herman Cain in this cycle uh was the other only other black male to run uh, to seek the Republican Party nomination, and if I'm wrong, y'all, you correct me. Give me information I, I don't know. I may be missing it. I, I, you know, I do that sometimes. We all do. So, uh, uh, but but uh, yeah, Herman Cain is, is is he's thrown his hat in for the presidency against Barack Obama. Now, it it would be interesting. I, I I'm telling you, it would be. Interesting if there were two men, two black men running for president, Republican and Democrat. <laughs> I tell you, that would make some interesting media. Uh, that that would be something worth watching. I, I, I love to watch it <laughs> because, uh, you know, I just like to see how the white folk will react to it. That, that's just me. Uh, but again, the question, the original question that I posed was um, – Uh, uh, Is the statement that the late Geraldine Ferraro made regarding then-candidate Barack Obama in 2008, is that still relevant today? Uh, How much uh, weight does it have on today, his presidency, some of the decisions he's made, uh, some of the decisions he will make, and uh, um, how the media has been – reacting to him, you know, his poll numbers, all of this stuff, how much has that weighed in? So, uh, that's just something I'll take a quick break. and When we come back in the great, we're going to the second hour. And again, as I said, in the second hour, we have a very special guest. Uh, We have, we will be joined by Shannon Nelson, who is the author of Get Over Your B.S., and uh, she'll be talking with us and sharing with us Not only her testimony uh, But she's also an awesome uh, woman of God She's an uh, an entrepreneur A speaker in demand uh, uh, She's just tearing it up, y'all And she's going to be here to empower the listeners So take this break And when we get back from this break here uh, We'll be ready to hear what she has to say Again, anytime you want to call in that's number 917 388 4293. Chat room is open. Email is up. Call, chat, whatever. However, we'll be ready for you. Amen.
2: trying to forget about work while you are working late again and you miss your kids and you miss the waves and you can't believe what you just saw and you need to laugh and you need to cry and you just can't get her out of your mind while you just want to know if he's okay but you need a place to eat so you stop and listen to that band you saw that time near that place while you let everyone know you're almost there, and you want to share, and you want to think, and you are trying to remember, and you are trying to forget, and you've come to realize that you don't need to get a phone. You need a phone that gets you. And you, and you, and, you. and we are HTC.
1: Bishop Samuel Green. Supervisor Phyllis N. Green and the 12th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church invite you to join them at Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011, April 6th through the 9th at the Double Tree Hotel in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. This year's theme is Walking in Your Spiritual Authority. Get ready for exciting and excellent preaching, teaching, and singing from some of the premier preachers and workshop presenters. Psalmist in the Kingdom. Guest preachers include Reverend Dr. Floyd Flake, Bishop Adam J. Richardson, Pastor Jamal H. Bryant, Bishop John R. Bryant, Reverend Jasper Williams Jr., Dr. Jessica K. Ingram, and Dr. Walter T. Richardson. Sets music provided by Psalmist Lowell Pie and the 12th Episcopal District Mass Choir. Workshops include Walking in your spiritual authority Manifesting your spiritual authority to empower your church and community And preaching with spiritual authority And for the youth and young adults The remix, hip-hop, spirituality, and the church Something for clergy and lay To empower you to walk in your spiritual authority You don't want to miss Holy Convocation at Pastors Conference 2011 conference host Bishop Samuel L. Green and Supervisor Phyllis N. Green look to see your face in the place. Register today by calling 501-375-4310 or visit www12 districtamecom to register online. Again, you don't want to miss Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011.
3: Hey, radio fam. Can you imagine a woman desperate enough for a child that she would deceive her own father-in-law into committing incest? How about imagining having husbands so wicked that even God kills them? Can you imagine a prominent family covering up secrets dangerous enough to destroy their wealth and legacy? If this sounds like something ripped from the headlines of the days rich and famous, it isn't. It's the story of Judah and Tamar found in Genesis 38. This biblical story shadows much of what's really happening in today's family. In his book, A Breach in the Family, Pastor Lorenzo Neal uses this biblical story to address many of the issues today's families face. He talks about how much family matters can be detrimental to becoming the kind of family God created. He talks about secrets of the breach that can lead to secret rules and behaviors that go on for generations. Despite it all, God does give a way to repair the breach in the family and leave a lasting legacy that cannot be erased. Order your copy today of A Breach in the Family by Pastor Lorenzo Neal on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, and other retail outlets. And for a limited time, you can get your copy for a special discounted price by visiting www.zeropublishing.webs.com. Get your copy today and be blessed.
0: Hey, folks, if you like me, you got a lot of stuff on your computer, I'm always writing papers, and saving them is important to me. But about a month ago, my computer crashed on me, and I almost started to panic, but I didn't. I had everything backed up on a jump, but I also had Carbonite online. Since 2006, Carbonite has backed up over 80 billion files, 80 billion files. So that means you don't have to shuffle through your stacks of CDs or jump drives or whatever else. Carbonite Online uses the same encryption software that's used in online banking transactions and e-commerce, so you can be assured that your files are safe. As a matter of fact, it's so safe, it's kept in a storage, and if you lose it, you can get it right back because they they provide fast, simple, and easy file recovery straight back to your computer right where it was. And you can do it in a few simple steps. You can try Carbonite online for free for the next 15 days by visiting their website, www.carbonite.com. I'm telling you, I use it, I love it, and I'm sure you're going to love it too. Give them a try. Carbonite.com, an easy way to back up all your important files that you want to keep safe.
3: Sowing seeds of wisdom, power, insight, and liberation. Promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming. This is Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
0: Alright, welcome back. Zero today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your host, Lorenzo Neal. Hey everybody. I struggled a little bit in there. Uh uh, uh. Got a little Aretha Franklin playing in the background. The enjoying it every bit of the air. Yeah, let this play for a little man. bit. And then after this, we'll be joined by uh, Miss Shannon Nelson. So, y'all just do a little Yeah! Rude voices. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love this song. and of love always the most. We're
0: because we are talking women empowerment and um I am blessed to have uh as a guest on this show one of uh, uh, an amazing and phenomenal I can't talk phenomenal young lady young woman uh who is just I tell you she has done some great things in a short amount of time and I have on the line with me none other than Miss Shannon Nelson professor Author, keynote speaker. Am I missing anything, Shannon? Um, that's pretty
4: good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really making you sound good, are
4: I? <laughs> I? know it. I'm like, wow. Who said women can do it all?
0: Ah, uh, hey. Oh uh, uh, what does it say, James? Who said it? it's a man's world? Uh, I don't know. Don't even get me started on that.
4: Through Christ, we can do it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, through Christ, who strengthens us. Um, for those who are just joining us, we have uh, Ms. Shannon Nelson. She is uh, she is an author, and the title of her book is called "Get Over Your BS." And Shannon, I'm going to just allow a little bit of time for you to tell the audience about yourself. Um, tell them whatever you want to tell them, but <laughs> the key stuff. Well, <laughs> well first of all, all. I
4: know this. It's probably going to have a lot of uh, Christian people, so, you know, don't be turned away from hearing BS. BS actually stands for belief system, so you can calm down. I did not curse. My son always asked me, Mom, what does BS mean? I said, it means belief system. He says, what does the other one mean? I said, I never told you there was another one, so it is that. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it goes to show you that even children at eight and nine already know um, certain certain acronyms, what certain acronyms mean. But I just found or discovered through um, my personal development, through my, my darkest hour, that um, personal development was really important. And I remember when I was going through my uh, valley of the shadow of death that I just had the word, really. And uh, a few pivotal people who um, also were really, really rooted and grounded in the word and had books and tapes and CDs and that kind of thing. And I continued to build myself up in my most holy faith because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, of course, when I got through my trial, through my time of adversity, um, I felt it, it definitely, the Bible says that you restore Someone else now, once you've been restored, and so uh, I, I felt it was my duty to to go back into the trenches and to save other people who have been bound by limiting beliefs, who've been bound by unfulfillment or depression, who've been bound by <clears throat> disappointment and rejection, and to say, there is you know light at the end of the tunnel that there is joy. At the end of that storm, and that there is purpose at the end of all of our pain, if we will trust God.
0: Oh Lord, you you just said a mouthful, <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I I I I want to come back to a lot of that, but I want them. To, uh, can you tell the audience? Because uh, uh, I'm fascinated with this, some, uh, you know, your curriculum vita. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, but tell them. Uh, what you do? Uh, I I know you have Shannon Nelson International and uh, share share a little about little about that. I know you're a professor. Uh, tell them about that.
4: Okay. Well, Shannon uh, Shannon Nelson International is basically going, is a conglomerate of different entities that will serve the people essentially because we know that we're all servants. And so, there you are know, a few things that I believe that I've been charged to do. You know, before it's my time to go go on to be with Christ is to help other people uh publish their books, you know, help uh get the word out. You know, it's it's about kingdom work and kingdom purpose and most people feel that they have a book inside of them and they just need that extra support um to get it published. And I thank God for instrumental people in my life during the time that I was going through the process of getting mine written and published. And uh, they were there to to support me along the way and make sure that, you know, I didn't get raped by the the book agents or the book publishers and end up, you know, like, (laughs) paying $10 a book and making no profit. You know, I'm saying paying. Don't remind me. (laughs) My (laughs) love.
0: Been there, done that.
4: (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I tell people all the time, $255 for your set. Yes, but if I if I tell you how much I save you, you'd be glad to pay $255 for a How to Publish Your Book in 90 Days or Less uh, CD set with book, said, because I'm here to bless your life, not to take anything away, not to, you know, scam you or anything like that. I don't even stand for things like that. But, you know, I just know um, that there's a lot of ways that you can get Um, taken advantage of when when publishing a book and, you know, why in business we always, we say systems save us time, money, and energy. So why would you go trying to reinvent the wheel when someone's already published two books, working on their third book, and they already have vendors, they already have relationships with people, they already know who does great work because I don't just settle for mediocrity. You know, I deal with people with the spirit of excellence, and, I mean, if I send something back to them 12 times, they're going to do it 12 times and have a good attitude about it. And I'm not rude, but, you know, they just understand how particular I am about my things. And so when you go to my website, when you see my logo, and you see the covers of my books, you know, that that was somebody's sweat equity that actually, you know, toiled over that thing day and night because they believe, you know, in the word to do things with with decency and in order And with the spirit of excellence And so I have a great relationship with all of them And can go back and continue to do business Again and again and refer people So I have one And she says, well, she said I don't understand how you do that Because I don't I, I don't have, you know A relationship with any of the people That, you know, have done my website Or done work for me She's like, um, you know, I keep changing people You know, every time I have something new And so I thank God for being able to finally, not that I didn't have any nightmares. I did have some nightmares with oh, yeah, going that, through
0: the right ones. <laughs> I I got like
4: to the right ones. But uh, I finally got to the right ones, and I could save, you know, them, that kind of thing. You know, another thing that is important to me is globally being able to eradicate poverty, and people all come "Well, Shannon, that's a lofty goal. Well, we've got a lofty God, and so, you know, yeah. I, I Yeah. So I teach international business at the college, and one of my students from India told me that women and children die every day out of poverty, and he wrote up this 15- to 20-page research paper on India, and I said, you know, Lord willing, that I would have some type of, you know, missions uh, facility there one day, you know, to be able to make sure that, you know, these women and children have food. A lot of times, um, although we're sending things over from the U.S., people who really need it never get those items, ever. get So when we're talking about something like food and we look at how much we waste here in the United States, that will be that's just one of my passions. And then uh, obviously, you know, speaking around the world and being able to, you know, inspire people to get up off their, their rhinies And uh, actually just Walk in purpose you know we've been Given power to tread on serpents The Bible says and not literally That people have to go trying to step on snakes But I'm just saying God has given us You know made us women of power And purpose and I'm just On a mission to be able to Inspire and encourage women to Walk in their calling this year so Just Uh,
0: I'm I'm glad you got on that. I want want to deal with two things Uh, I, I want to um, I want if I want to talk about the book. We're going to get into the book, but the question is: Um, at what point in your life, uh, that you decided that you wanted to become an entrepreneur, and uh, you know, what makes your you you share a little bit about this, uh, your, your services, your products, you know, um, but let, let's let's deal with that. One. What what point in your life? What got you to the point to where you decided you wanted to become an entrepreneur?
4: Well, um, that's a good question. I think I was working for a few companies where our vision, our mission, and our values didn't really align themselves. You know, I was working for a company that, you know, I was a manager of, um, you know, a a sales, it was really, I would call it a sales company where, you know, they would just do anything for the deal, anything to be the most profitable branch, anything. Oh,
0: boy, I've worked at uh, places like that, and, I, you know, I did outside sales myself. I know how you feel.
4: Yeah, and I just couldn't, you know, and so it was like I was just disgruntled employee, but it wasn't that I was disgruntled. I finally discovered what the issue was, and the issue was, you know, there was a war going on between my spirit and then what they were asking us to do, and there was just, that wasn't just, I couldn't. That that was against who I was, and so I finally said, you know, if instead of complaining about a company that I'm working with, that's cutthroat and malicious and willing to take advantage of people, and I don't stand for any of those things, why don't I create the kind of company that I would work in and employ other people? And that's wow. when I knew it was time for me to step out on faith and um, and be an entrepreneur.
0: And, and how did that contribute to making uh, your brand?
4: Yeah, that's a good
0: question. <laughs> how did that <laughs> contribute to making your brand? Because, you know, branding is important. I, you're a professor of management.
4: Right. Well, you see, everybody isn't like me. There's only one Shannon. You know, no matter what, everybody out there, God only created one Shannon. And, you know, I was talking to a young lady the other day and she says, Shannon, she says, what makes you so spectacular is that you see, you know, an endless amount of uh, potential in people and that you care about people, and you're so creative. And I just smile because it's so true. And so, you know, God made me the way I am, and and, and so the only one that can be my brand is me. You know what I mean? I can convey it in words and, you know, in speech and the way, you know, my my actions and people can emulate some of those, you know, because some of those are um, values that other people also have. But you know, I'm humorous. I'm funny. I love people. You know, I'm just you know, uh, and and a lot. Of, I guess a lot of my brand too is my personal experience as well. Because they say experience is the best teacher.
2: Yeah. And
4: so God, God sends us through everything that we need to go through to be able to do the mission that He's called us to do.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And. um you know, I, I subscribe to your I, I share with you. Already. I subscribe to your blog. I, I you know, uh I, I just like following successful people. Um and and I, I'm I'm successful. I, you know, I'm not bragging or anything, I just I know I'm a successful uh young man. Uh, by right. uh well if you wanna uh define that, you know, the variations of that, variables of that. But uh I'm successful.
4: Oh absolutely. Uh, very intelligent, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I was, re- uh, you know, I was reading the transcript of one of the interviews that you had. Uh, I, I don't really recall which one, but was- I saw that you um, mentioned uh, one of my favorite authors, John Maxwell, and one of his books, uh, Falling Failing Forward. Uh, you mentioned that that helped you. Can you share? How that book help you?
4: Well, I think for so many people, including myself for, for many years, um, it was the fear of failure that really paralyzed me from being a success. You know, wealthy people or successful people aren't afraid to fail because they realize failure is just feedback to be able to do it better or win or be successful the next time around. I mean, and and it can be so small as – I'll give you an example. I remember when I was a kid, and I really, really, really wanted to ride, learn how to ride a bike. And I will never forget this because I, I really wanted it so badly. And I was smart even back then. so what I would do, I have this um, – I believe they call it a 10-speed a, a or something because it was the one that's big enough that, you know, your butt won't be hurting.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a 10-speed. <laughs> okay. All right, so now, don't, I, you're dating yourself.
4: <laughs> no, right? So I got one of those, and I ended up going on the sidewalks, and I started on the sidewalk on a straight surface, and I would just ride, and I knew I was probably going to fall until I learned how to do it. But it didn't stop me from trying, and I got up, and what I said I'd do is I got close to the grass because I said, you know, in the event that I fall, which is what I think I will, which is also equivalent to failure, to, you know, in an extent, to an extent. So if I fall, it's not going to be that hard. You know what I mean? I could still recover. I won't mess up my legs. I'll get back up out of the grass because it's soft, and then I'll keep going until I finally get this. And so I did that until I became successful riding my bike on the sidewalk, and then I conquered the hills. And so it's the same thing in life. You know, we can't allow fear to cripple us. I know people over 40 years old who have never ridden a bicycle because of fear falling. Yes. And so it cripples you from that experience, from that joy, from that success, because you are afraid to fail, or you're afraid to fall. And I'm saying be an educate, uh, I say take calculated. I tell people take a calculated risk.
0: Calculated risk.
4: Right, which means just like I was, just get a little close to the grass <laughs> so you won't scratch your legs up, and so you'll fall softly and it won't kill you that you, you can't recover from it, but then get back up and do it again.
0: You know, and uh, that's that's a, a key principle to success, uh, spiritually, financially, all across the board. Uh, you can be a people person all you want to. You can have the gifts and the talents, but if you're afraid to uh, put them in action to engage those talents, those giftings from God, then you know it's stagnant. You're not going to get anything. I don't care how much how much people like you. People ain't going People will help you. And the same ones that help you will tear you down. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you one more question, and uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, your book, Getting Over Your BS. And uh, I, I need your guys to call. I need your call because I know this is empowering for uh Uh, women in particular, I I want you guys to call the number 917-388-4293. And I'm going to tell you this in in advance. I'm working on getting the 800 number (laughs) make it a little easier. But uh, quick question before we go to break. Uh Uh, Uh-huh. We're talking about you and success, and, you know, you you, you are definitely, uh, uh, you know, maybe not – what well, some people consider a rags to riches story, but you're definitely a success story. Uh, what are your suggestions, uh, you know, for people who are struggling to be successful? How can they be successful?
4: Well, um, I really would suggest again that it's going to start with your mindset. You know, I, I, Joyce Myers wrote a very pop, uh, a powerful book years ago called Battlefield of the Mind, and yes. uh, Yeah, and and I really, anything that I really put my hands on is typically about the mindset because I believe that's where, you know, everything starts, you know, even from being able to read the Bible and digest what it is that that God is saying through the Scripture. You know, it all starts with our minds, and I just know that I was left for dead about almost five years ago. And if it had not been for the Word, if it had not been for God, if it had not been for a renewing of my mind and me really believe in that scripture. No telling where I would be and where my children would be. So, you know, although some people might not think it's a rag to riches story, uh, for me it is because for me, you know, rich is, is relative. It's not just about financial richness because there's people who have all the money in the world and have poor health, and I don't know how rich they are. You know, what I mean? yeah. there's people in the world that have a lot of money. But, you know, they're depressed and and they want to die. And uh, I don't know how rich that is. But, you know, when you have someone who's rich in in joy and rich in spirit and, you know, able to uh, be self-sufficient and take care of a family of of four children and a person that has, you know, definitely so much uh, incredible potential and possibility, you know, I I believe that's a rags to riches because I know where I came
0: from. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I can't agree with you, uh, couldn't agree with you more than what you already said. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking more with Shannon, and we're going to really be talking about her book, Get Over Your BS. And I know, you you know, she has some exciting things in that book, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
3: Hi.
1: I'm looking to save in insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibbity-flab or mumbo-jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dagnabbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote, and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is oaky McSmokey smoky doo Grange! I think. Diggity. Oh. Still not sure. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today.
2: Thanks to the Venture Card from Capital One, we get double miles on every purchase. So we have the trip to New Orleans twice as far. We get double miles every time we use our card, No matter what we're buying, I'll take it. If it's double miles out of bus, we can bring the whole gang. Fire! beat double miles. Have you seen oh! Get the Venture Card from Capital One. Money Magazine's best rewards card if you aim to rack up airline miles. What's in your
1: wild... Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes.
2: Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. (laughs) Isn't getting discounts great? Yes.
1: (laughs) There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. It happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today.
0: Hey, everybody. Those of you who are, you may have a book you have, you may have uh, a skill that you want to share with the world, and you want to get your information and yourself out there. Well, this is one way you can get yourself out there. Go to dot com has all the tools to connect you with the right sources and places to get you where you want to be. You got that book that you want everybody to read and but only your family members have it, and because you know you're too scared to share it, go to radioguestlist.com and sign up, and you'll have access to dozens and hundreds of uh, radio shows, both national, international, internet, wherever, whatever you can get on. Go and check them out today. www.radioguestlist.com. Check them out. Bishop
1: Samuel Green, Supervisor, Samuel Green. Supervisor Phyllis Green. and Green and the 12th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church invite you to join them at Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011, April 6th through the night at the Double Tree Hotel in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. This year's theme is Walking in Your Spiritual Authority. Get ready for exciting and excellent preaching, teaching, and singing from some of the premier preachers and workshop presenters and psalmists in the kingdom. And guest preachers include... Reverend Dr. Floyd Flake, Bishop Adam J. Richardson, Pastor Jamal H. Bryant, Bishop John R. Bryant, Reverend Jasper Williams Jr., Dr. Jessica K. Ingram, and Dr. Walter T. Richardson. Mess of music provided by Psalmist Lowell Pye and the 12th Episcopal District Mass Choir. Workshops include Walking in Your Spiritual Authority. Manifesting your spiritual authority to empower your church and community. And preaching with spiritual authority. And for the youth and young adults, the remix, hip-hop, spirituality, and the church. Something for clergy and lay to empower you to walk in your spiritual authority. You don't want to miss Holy Convocation at Pastors Conference 2011. Conference host Bishop Samuel L. Green and Supervisor Phyllis N. Green look to see your face in the place register today by calling 501-375-4310 or visit www12 districtamecom to register online. Again, you don't want to miss Holy Convocation and Pastors Conference 2011.
0: All right, we're back here today. Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I'm joined this hour with uh, my very special guest, Shannon Nelson. Uh, Shannon Nelson International, author of the book Get Over Your BS. Call 917 388
3: 4293
0: to get on the air. And uh, while, I'm, while I'm thinking about this, uh, those of you guys who you have ideas, you have things that you want to get out, uh, shoot us a line, let us know. You know, share with us some topics or some things you may want to hear us talk about on Zero Hour today. We love it, we're open to it, and as I always say, I appreciate you, your support, your comments, all that you do help us to grow and uh go into things that God wants us to do. As I said before, we are joined live here with Miss Shannon Nelson. Uh she is an entrepreneur. She is a professor. She is a keynote speaker, but most of all, she is a woman of God. And she's an author too. She's a woman of God, mother. All that. Did I miss anything? Let me know. <laughs> uh, you you got them all. <laughs> uh, awesome. And uh, Shannon, now I, I want to spend this uh, this the last part of this segment uh, talking about your book. Get over. Your BS. I want you to tell the audience what the book is about. Tell them why they should buy it too. <laughs> but you can say that you know. But tell them what it's about. Tell them how what led to it, uh, and, uh, and and all of that pertinent information.
4: Okay, no problem. Um. Well, the book is actually well. I'll say what led to it. I I, I went through a, a pretty horrible divorce about almost five years ago. So I always tell people I'm a divorce survivor. <laughs> Because anybody that has gone through a divorce understands how tragic that is, not only for parties involved, but definitely small children. And my children were really small at the time; they were getting ready to enter, um, you know, pre preschool and um, and uh, kindergarten. So it was really, a, you know, real priv- pivotal year for them. And um, so it was, you know, and I talk about this in the book, but it was it was one of the most difficult. Times, if not the most difficult time of my life, I've, I've I've gone through storms, I've gone through adversity, I've gone through challenges, I've gone through disappointment, but that that was something that that almost destroyed me, and um, destroyed the vision that even God had, you know, for my life. And so, I think sometimes we get so committed to man, or so committed to a man, that. Um, you know, sometimes people in our lives can become idols, although we're not trying to do that, but they can become idols because really nobody's supposed to have that position in your your life but God. And I find, you know, that's probably why it's so difficult for a lot of women to forgive after a man has left or, or done something that is grievous because they, they really do you know, unconditionally love, and 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 and, and that was just a case right there. But I went through that, uh, walked through a, a season where I really had to int- become intimate with God because my mom is, you know, or at the time she grew up, um, I, she raised me, was a licensed ordained minister. My father was a deacon in the church. And pretty much. I mean, I started preaching when I was 16. And pretty much
0: groomed. For real? You did. Me too. <laughs> yes. Actually, I was 12. You know, I got licensed when I was
4: 16. <laughs> uh, oh, was, I, I wasn't licensed, but I did preach during Youth Sunday once, you know. But I always ran away from the call, though, Pastor, because, you know, I was already a little nerdy kid anyway. So it wasn't really like you wanted to add that you could preach too, you know, and that your friends in high school would think that was like mad cool. I mean, I was already not getting invited to. To the part is, I was already not.
0: Hey, you're going to have to stop that because you're telling my story again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, I was not. I already didn't have a boyfriend. So, you know, that was just going to make me even more weird and, and picked that. And and so um, I ran for the call for many years and really just decided that, you know, I knew exactly how I wanted my life to go. I wanted to use 2.5 kids. I wanted a husband that was, you know, pretty successful. And I was going to be this, you know, successful Uh, a corporate-type chick or or even an attorney, and, you know, we were going to drive this Mercedes, and we were going to be millionaires, and, you know, we just had it all planned. And um, I think when God says, okay, you're going to either obey me and stop playing the fool, or it's going to be very difficult. And not that, you know, people hear that and say, oh, God would do that. It's not that, you know, God would just punish us. But I think certainly situations can be, you know, in our lives that cause it's uncomfortable that we give you know that in which we know we're probably called to do uh, a second thought and say okay God what is it that you were trying to tell me for the last 15 years and I was so broken at the time I was like God just 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 make me something you know what I mean I'm just just make me something just don't make the pain be in vain just 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 have it meet have this not be in vain And, and and at least if you know I can't you know, save my marriage, allow me to be a vessel to help bless other people's marriages, and 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 help, you know, by sharing my story, other people stay together because a divorce is just not, it's not a good thing. And, and I stayed single this long um, because I I refuse to get it wrong a third time. I mean, it must be the will of the Lord for me um, to do it again. And, and I don't know. I tell guys all the time, I don't know. How would you? I don't know. <laughs> You know, I'll know, but, you know, I, I'll have that piece about it. But, you know, so I walked through that valley of the shadow of death, and I really just decided to really get to know God. And, you know, instrumentally, God had placed people, you know, on my job, just customers, you know, that, you know, sometimes we call them angels. Sometimes we don't know who it is, just people out of the blue that, you know, see something in you. And one guy gave me this. This little silver coin that I keep with me, because I don't know him, I don't know his name. I, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, call, you know, check me on my website and and uh, respond. But he gave me this little silver coin. He says he always carries around these silver coins, and on the back of it was a scripture, Isaiah 40:31, and then he, you know, really told me how to pray, and and you know, not necessarily what to pray, but who to pray for and what order to pray, and then. He said, you know, pray. So, for example, he said, you know, first, I need you to thank God. You know, despite what's going on in your life, I need you to start prayer every day with thanksgiving unto God. He said, secondly, I need you to pray for yourself. You know, he says, because there's, you can't pray for anyone else until you pray and ask God to strengthen you and then pray for your children and then pray for your, your husband. And I did that every day. And he said, start with the Gospels to just get to know who Jesus is and just to know his spirit and, you know, who he is. Because a lot of times we're raised in the church and we think that because we've been in church all our lives that, you know, we, we, we're we a Christian. And I always, 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 you know, turn that word upside down because I said being a Christian isn't just going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Being a Christian isn't just Because you do, you know, I always thought, well, I'm really good to people. I'm really nice to people. I love people. You know, I don't steal or or lie or anything. I said, so, you know, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And and God is saying, no, that's really not what being a Christian is. Is your behavior Christ-like? So although I had all those great characteristics, I was still going to the club, backing that thing up. You know? (laughs) I mean, I still had living, you know, you know, you know. So I was still doing my dirt, and you know, finally, when I said, God, I want to do it the right way. I've done it my way for so many, for so many years, and, you know, I've gotten myself in a whole bunch of mess. If you can just get me out of this mess, turn my life around, so that I'm not. In so much turmoil, I'll obey you. I'll do exactly what you say, and I'll help other people. And and he did just that. I mean, I really got to feel and express the, the love of God, and that in turn changed who I who I am, to the extent to the person that I am now. People are like, wow, you know, what is it about you? You know, I really had that transformation, that spiritual rebirth, and is what I call it in the book, where I got to I had an experience with Jesus. And when I blog about it, I wrote this piece about the day I, I saw Jesus, like, um, you know, the man who had the limp, you know, he mm. saw his face. And that's what I, that's what I, 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 um, use as an analogy of, of what happened to me. If that was the day that I saw Jesus's face.
0: Uh, you, know, I, you know, what I love about your book is it does not, uh, it, uh, Oh, well, it doesn't give a to-do list. Uh, you know, most books that try to uh, that come across as motivational and things of that nature, you know, they say, well, do this or, if you know, like the how to do this, do that, do the. I'm learning, and I'm sure you probably agree with this, that there is no sequential steps that you could possibly really do that can take you and, and really get you where you need to be. You have to be faithful to God and you know, being faithful to God, there are no steps involved.
4: <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, because everybody's journey is different, everybody's walk is different, everybody's experiences are different. And so it's just being keen to the voice of God and and, and 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 act and taking action. You know what I mean? If I had never went to God and said, Okay, I'm ready to change, I'd still probably be in the turmoil. You know what I mean? But when you finally get sick and tired of being sick and tired to the extent that you're saying, God, I surrender it, and I'm just going to do whatever it is that you tell me to do, then he comes in and he moves. But I don't think it's a, a one, two, three, you know, step to the right, step to the left.
0: <laughs> I, I I completely agree with you. Now, explain a little bit more what do you mean by belief system, uh, Christian belief system. What, what is this? Go a little bit more detail.
4: Right. You don't mind. Oh no, I don't mind at all. Well, see, I think that, like I said, you know, when I, I touched a little bit about it before, you know, when I said that a lot of times we 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 define a Christian as someone who is nice to people, who you know doesn't steal, doesn't lie, doesn't curse, and goes to church pretty frequently or pretty regularly, and we think, well, that, that that that's what a Christian is. But then we don't look at our life, we don't look at our fruit. We don't look at how we treat other people. We don't look at even the the influence that we have on other people because Jesus had influence. When he was walking and ministering to other people, he had influence over people and not in a negative way like, you know, you got to do what I say or, you know, but just to the extent that people can sense that there's, there's something great about you and I don't know what it is, but I want some of it. You know what I mean? There's a joy that you have and you know, unless you on some type of medication, I wanna know I wanna know how you got that. There's a peace that you have, you know, there's an even, you know, ability to do supernatural things. I mean people look I remember when I was in college at one point, you know, so I was raising the four kids, working full time, going to college at night, and you know, some of the younger, you know, whippersnappers who were, you know, in their twins like I don't see how you do it. You inspire me, you know. And I'm like, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, daily our lives is are examples for other people because when they see us do things that people thought that we couldn't. You know what I mean? Most people say, say that they can't go and get a degree because they're a single mother. Well, I mean, I, I was that. I was a single mother working full time and going to college to finish up my master's, not even a bachelor's. So, you know, it's a matter of how badly do we want things? How badly did I want Christ to change my life? How badly did I really want to ride my bike? How badly did I really want to have the peace and the joy in my life that I have today? And then was I willing to finally be obedient and take the steps, the necessary action steps to be able to have those things that I said that I wanted?
0: And, see, and I think that's important uh, A lot of people Never let go of that I, I, You know it took me a long time And I've been in ministry almost 25 years And it took me a long time To change my belief system Even in the church Sitting on the anointed men and women of God It was still uh, You know this I don't know. I can't even explain it now, you know, but at the time it was just something like, "Yeah, you can't, you won't, we shouldn't," kind of thing. And now it's like, "I why not?" Oh, <laughs> who absolutely. Says, who says <laughs> I can't? And if you now say I, I can't, that. just because you said I can't, guess what? I already like, have. I hear that. I, I I'm not even going to wait for them to say I'm going to do it and then let them say you can't, say, "Oh, it's too late. I I've, I've already done that." <laughs> Amen uh now tell me um tell tell me you, you address a lot of issues in in the book uh, relevant issues divorce uh pornography uh being single all, all kinds of that all kinds of things um why is why uh let me let me rephrase this this statement why do you think people don't want to confront those issues? Well, now, we're we'll especially in the church, you know, we'll talk about divorce to a degree, but we won't talk about divorce. We won't talk about pornography addiction. We won't talk about uh, sexual addiction. We won't talk about all these other issues that keep us, that bind us from really going forward. Do you want to touch on that just a little bit?
4: Sure, and I do, actually, and I had, you know, this particular pastor true story. I'd asked him to um endorse the book and at first he said that, you know, he would and um, you know, I gave him a copy. And he felt good about it, you know, felt good about it. The spirit, you know, felt felt great and then he actually is a friend of mine on Facebook and I had posted a few posts about sex and, and, and couples because I had one a friend of mine who, who's also a um you know a minister and, you know, he kind of made it, you know, he kind of made it seem like a woman who didn't have sex but was still desiring sex and allowing, you know, to some extent, you know, I mean, not actually going to that level, but to some extent, something that, that I still think are, are are compromising, let's just put it that way, as opposed to a woman who did, let's say, have sex. Every three years or so, every seven years. And not that I'm condoning you go out and have sex. I mean, everybody, you know, do what you know that the word tells you to do. I mean, it's not a matter of if if they're wrong. But I was just saying that my argument was that they were both just as wrong and that there's no sin greater than the other. Well, anyway, he didn't like the discussion whatsoever. He didn't feel that we should be talking about sex like that as a minister. And he felt that, you know, I needed to... I needed to make a choice if I wanted to be a mentor or if I wanted to be a martyr. And, you know, I just felt like these are things, you know, that people are dealing with on a daily basis. And if they can't count on the clergy to clear it up for them, who can they count on? Because many of them certainly aren't going to their pastors. You know, I just posted a stat once uh, months ago about pornography Um, in the church, you know, so Christians who also still had pornography addictions, And I had a young lady in her 20s send me a private message, and she thanked me for being able to talk about it and putting it as a post. You know, it had over almost, you know, 150 comments on it. And, you know, she thanked me because she says, I can't go to my pastor with that. Can you imagine how intimidating it must be to go to your pastor and not want to be judged every single Sunday and every single Wednesday you go to church?
2: Yes, yes.
4: Yeah, so a lot of them don't have the courage to go and and share this kind of thing with their pastor. But if there's somebody online or somebody in their past that can pray with them, because it wasn't like she was asking me to condone it. She just said, you know, can you help me? And, I mean, you know, I went all out to give her support to be able to battle this because this was something that my ex-husband struggled with. So, of
0: course, you know. Well, as a pastor, I, I've struggled with uh, pornography addiction, I, you know, and the offset of that is, is masturbation and all of that, that stuff. And uh, I've made it an issue to be a little bit transparent, you know, at least translucent when it comes to that, to acknowledge the fact that that is that struggle that exists. Matter of fact, uh, we did a, a little mini-seminar in my church with the men uh, dealing with pornography. You know, of course, it was laughable to them, some of them, because, you know, they don't. They didn't view it that way, but you know, it it, it is is something uh, that the church should address.
4: It, they should address, and I think any time that we have these hard and fast rules that people must remain celibate until they get mad, and I'm not arguing with the word, but I'm only saying when people have these extreme um, guidelines that they're trying to follow, but it's not in their heart and i found you know like I, I you know i would hear pastors kind of bully preach over the uh, bull pulpit about you know sex and i'm like it'll never work i mean people will they'll stop having sex until the next time they want to have sex and then they'll start again i said the thing that stopped me from having sex was the day i met a woman who inspired me to want more and how she inspired me to want more is i looked at her fruit i looked at the peace that she had in her life, I looked at the joy, I looked at the fruit, I looked at the blessings, and I said, I want some of that. She didn't have to, you know, get a baseball bat and run me up, you know, hit me upside the head to make me stop having sex when I wasn't married. All she had to do was inspire me. And so, I mean, some people need the bat. Don't get me wrong. Some people need the bat. I'm not mm-hmm. that type of person, so maybe there should be a mix of two. I'm not arguing that point. But I just think... Everybody does not have, you know, the Paul anointing. If you do, great. I don't have it. And I have a real talk with God and tell them, I I don't have that where I can be single for the rest of my life. And sure, that's just not going to happen. So I have to fast and I have to pray. And I have to stay really committed in the word and not subject myself to temptation that could cause me to stumble, especially in the position that I'm in.
0: Uh, And... and I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure you do too.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you brought up the fact about Paul, and and I always share this with Scripture. Uh, I always share this. Uh, often taught, oftentimes, Paul says this in his own writing, says, I'm speaking with you as a man and not of God. This is the command of men and not of God. And I'm writing to you this way so that you can understand, um, you know, that, yeah, this is the word. I'm, I'm speaking for God, but I'm speaking in terms that you can understand, in man's terms that you can understand, because I want to be I want you to be empowered. And I think a lot of times, uh in especially in contemporary church, you know, we want to be eased. We wanna we wanna be pleased, we don't wanna be uh we don't wanna be shaken. We don't wanna feel uncomfortable as pastors. As, mem- as la- clergy, as uh, as laity, we don't want to feel uncomfortable because that forces us to confront our God and our sin. And, you know, how else can you change your belief system? I mean, look how, look what God had to deal with, with the uh, children of Israel in the wilderness, <laughs> their stubbornness and their stiff neckness, you know. He had to kill them off <laughs> before they could get into the promised land. Right. Uh oh, that's just my two cents huh?
4: <laughs> but it's absolutely true and I I thank you for clearing that up because I never really heard it preached like that that you know he he did this as as man I never really I mean I need to study that a little bit more because I never really heard it preached that way a lot of pastors preach it as you know this is this is this is what you know we should strive to as, as as singles and to be excited. And I'm not saying that, you know, my focus is laser-focused on kingdom work, and it does keep you out of a whole lot of trouble, you know, because you are focused on 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 what you're supposed to be doing for God. And uh, some men even are intimidated by that, and, and that just tells me that that's not the one because I'm saying if you don't have something going on that, you know, also – is bringing God glory, then then you're not the one.
0: I, 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 yeah, I I completely agree. All right. now Shannon, we, we're running out of time, and I want you to tell the people how can they get in touch with you, how can they get your products or your services, uh, give them your website, all that stuff. Go ahead.
4: All right. Well, uh, they can go to either one of my websites. They can go to www.getoveryourbs.com Com. Again, that's www.getoveryourbs.com and that's to purchase the book or they can go to my main site for speaking engagements or uh, if they would like uh, prayer uh, or if they would like to purchase uh, the how to get your book published in 90 days or less they can go to www.shannonnelson.com and Shannon is with one N in the middle most people spell Shannon with two so it's www.shannonnel.com S O N dot com again W W dot S H A N O N N E L S O N dot com and and if you still have trouble find me I'm a friend of a uh, pastor on on Facebook yeah she's my can, Facebook friend <laughs> or you can Google my name Shannon Nelson you're bound to find something I'm there I'm all on Google
0: and so, so do am it. I sometimes for not the good stuff. <laughs> All right. Look, Shannon, I, I really appreciate you for joining the show. This has been an awesome show I struggled during the first hour cause I uh the guests I had wasn't able to make it so I had to do commentary and yeah, I'm a little on weak on the side of the commentary but uh Are you you, you... <laughs>
4: you have text me and told me I would have come on early? Cause I uh, I had to looking down, keep looking down for the time because I was multitasking as usual.
0: I thought I would enjoy listening to the sound of my voice.
4: (laughs) Well, you do have a lovely voice, Pastor, and I just thank you again uh, immensely for having me on the show, and I I hope that you'll invite me again, and I hope to meet you someday. You're doing some mighty, mighty things, I know. So I'm just excited.
0: Well, God God be praised. And, uh, again, thank you. Shannon for joining on the show. Listen, we appreciate it. It's another good show. Uh, For those of you in the Jackson, Mississippi area, get ready. Pastor Neil is the new pastor of New Bethel AMB Church. We're about to turn that city upside down. So meet me there Sunday morning. God bless us. Be with you. And until next time, next Monday, same time, be blessed. We're out.